Sunday called the family fix. Everyone say the family fix. How many of you know our families in many areas could use a little fixing? Well, got two of you. How many of you know in America today, I'll broaden it so you won't feel so personal. How many of you know in America today, we really need to work on getting the family fixed? Amen. The family is huge. It's important. So that's what we're talking about this month. And so for the next, uh, last Sunday, we began this series. And let me say to you, if you missed last Sunday, uh, you're not going to be in the dark this morning. Uh, you'll certainly hear and understand what we're saying. But let me encourage you to go uh, to iTunes or our website, churchontherocknorth.com. You can listen on our website. You can download the, the messages on iTunes uh, to your uh, smartphone and listen to last Sunday's message because it, it's very important element uh, to get the, the total package of getting our families established in the directive of God for their life. So be sure and do that if at all possible. And you know what? Something in me says, I think that'd be possible. Tell your neighbor, uh, I think we can do that. Tell somebody we can do that. We can go and we can find that. And if you can't do either one, I'm sure we could get a CD burned for you to get last Sunday uh, to be able to really get the total package of what, what God is saying. How many of you when, you, when you, when you invest in something, you want to get the total package? So if you come today and next Sunday and the Sunday after that, uh, hey, just you're making an investment of your time. Make sure you get the total package. So here we go. Everybody say, I'm ready. Look at your neighbors. Are you ready? Here we go. Let me begin with kind of a foundational statement of what we're just saying about this, this whole idea of the family. And it is this. The family is God's big idea. Everyone say, what's the big idea? The big idea for this series is the family is God's idea. This is just not something that happened that he just thought, uh, thought up, uh, you know, off the cuff. This was his plan. God, uh, his, in fact, since creation, God looked, you remember Adam and Eve and creation and, and what did God do? He created Adam and all the things of the, of the earth. And he looked and he said, you know what? There's something missing. And, and he said, it is not good that Adam should be alone. And he made for him a helpmate by the name of Eve. And God gave birth to the family. Everyone say the family is God's big idea from creation till today. This is his plan. And when you look through scripture, you'll discover so many places. You know what? I think it's cool. That when Jesus began to unfold his redemptive plan, he unfolded it and introduced Jesus into the world to redeem us. And you know how he did it? Through a family. Everyone say the family is God's big idea. Tell somebody the family is God's big idea. It really is. And then we, you know, as you learn going into, uh, uh, into the epistles and, and there's some real practical directives for the family. We learned that, hey, the family is to be a role model and an example of God's love for the earth. You know, if you come to Daniel and Yatara's wedding this afternoon, you're going to hear me read Ephesians chapter 5, where it says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loves the church. And so God looks to the family to be a role model, an example, and an illustration to the world of how God loves his kids. You see, the family is God's idea. And though God is not a, a man, he has become, in our minds, and he did this on, pers on purpose, he has become the consummate family man. Now, he's not a man, he's God. But he gave himself for us a name that is a family name. He is our heavenly what? Father. Now, I, I love that and appreciate that. And he's, he's, the family's God's big idea. 
And so that's what you and I need to understand as we embrace this message about the family fix. Uh, and we learned last week that the family has been under attack. How many of you know the family's been under attack? It's been an all-out war, and there's all kinds of negative influences in the world. And so we need to do what we can in order for the family to remain secure and stable in the middle of the world that is trying to undermine the foundations of the family. And so we gave you some definitions, and I don't know where our PowerPoint guy is, but let's move forward. I gave you some definition about the family. And we looked at, there it is, that's why he was waiting. Psalm 68 is our keynote verse. Everyone say he sets the solitary in families. In other words, he doesn't want us to be alone. That's his nature. That's his heart. He wants us to be in the family. He doesn't want us to be by ourselves. You know, that's, that verse is not a doctrinal statement about, you know, whether I should get married or not. It's, it's, it's a statement about God's desire for us to be plugged in to family. Everyone say, God's a family man. Now, here's the definition that we've been working from. The definitions of the word fix. Let's talk about the big fix. Here we go quickly. The first one is this, to fasten securely in a particular place or position. That speaks to the foundation of the family. This morning, we're going to talk about that. Oh, don't fall asleep. Don't slip out early. We're going to talk about the foundation of the family. The second one is to direct one's eyes, attention, or mind steadily or unwaveringly toward that speaks to what the focus of the family we'll be talking about that and then the third one is to mend or repair that's where most people's mind goes when you talk about the fix to mend or repair that speaks of the faults within the family now let me pause that was last week but omg don't skip that part because if if you miss last sunday again go back because there's some there's some fault lines that have, have made their way through the families of America, that if we don't deal with them, you know, the fault line, uh, eventually there's going to be devastation. So we've got to mend those things. If you don't want your family to falter, fix the faults that would cause them to falter. Okay. And you can do that. In fact, last Sunday we identified, and even last Wednesday, we exposed a monster in our midst called pride that keeps us from getting our family fixed. So last Sunday's big, really important. And even last Wednesday, you could do that because it addresses that as well. And then finally, the third, the fourth one, pardon me, is to decide or settle on a specific price, date, or course of action. You ever heard of price fixing? Well, that's the idea of this definition. It speaks to the future of the family. Let me throw you the verse out for this one. Joshua, he, he got his family fixed. He got their future established. He said, you know, you can serve this God, that God, whatever you want to serve. But as for me and my house, guess what? We're fixed. It's settled. It's decided. We're going to serve the Lord. That's a biggie. So there you go. There's where we're at this month. And so, so that's all the things you'll learn. And man, we'll have great opportunity for you to get your family fixed. And I, we've kind of been saying this. If you get your family fixed, your family will get fixed. Amen. So here we go. Let's jump in. Are you ready? Let's talk about the fact that we must get our foundation straight in the family. How many of you know foundations are a big, important part of stability in life? And if you're in construction at all, you know that. You can't have a fault line in the family. You can't have a, a, an unstable foundation in your family. In fact, Psalms 11 says this, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? 
Now, let me pause there for a moment. Last Sunday, we talked about all kinds of negative influences that are trying to undermine our families. And if they succeed, what on earth are we going to do? What's the church going to do if our families can't get fixed? What's the church going to do? How are we going to complete our task when the family was God's big idea and God wants to make himself manifest through his families and through the family of God? What on earth are we going to do if our foundation or uh, uh, premise of life is destroyed? You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, you don't need to turn there, but Paul said this, that the foundation that we build our life on is Jesus Christ. Someone say Jesus Christ. He said, you bet. And, and he said, be careful how you build upon it. In other words, once you give your life to Christ and he becomes the core foundation of your life, be careful how you build, use the right stuff. It's important for us to understand that just because we belong to Christ does not mean our life and our families are stable and secure from the onslaught of the enemy that is trying to undermine the core of who we are in Christ. Are you with me? Say amen. And so the foundation is so hugely important. In fact, did you know this? Some of our, the, the foundational things that we establish within these little newborn children at a very early age will impact them for the rest of their life. And oh, I could go on a little bit of a rabbit chase here, but I'm telling you, it's so important that in our families, we lay the foundation strong. We lay it secure at an early age. Now, God is merciful and gracious that if we just begin to kind of get the, the revelation of this, he can help us catch up. But listen, the quicker we get started on laying the proper foundation, the stronger and the more secure our families will be. Amen. Now, the foundation of the family for it to remain intact. I want to give you just three thoughts this morning. To, to oh, mm, man, we've had storms in the area. Uh, we've had things that undermine, uh, you know, our lives and, and you know, uh, and unnatural occurrences in our weather. And, oh, I don't know if you, anybody here ever been in an earthquake. I've never been in an earthquake. You've been in an earthquake. That'll kind of get you a little nervous, won't it, Jim? You just kind of, well, everything you know near and dear, you just think, is, you know, is this it? Listen, there, there is an undertow in, in, in our world that is, that is shaking the very core foundation of the family. And we've got to do everything we can to be fastened securely through the storms of life. Amen. And so this morning, I want to give you three thoughts for the foundation of the family to remain intact and not be destroyed. The family must remain fastened securely the fixed, here we go, the first one, in Christ. Everyone say in Christ. Now, if you've been here any time at all, you've heard me talk about the biggest little word in the Bible, and it is this word in. Everyone say in. This little word in, I-N, means fixed, in a established in a fixed position. And when you look in Scripture, all throughout the New Testament, you're going to hear phrases like this, in Christ. Jesus, in fact, in John 15 said, if you abide in me, and John 8 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, everyone say fixed position. You see, just coming to church every once in a while does not get you fixed in Christ. Are you with me? 
It's a revelation of who we are in Christ when we give our lives to Christ. In fact, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Let me show you this. There's two aspects to this. The first one, as you see, it's our position that we have as a child of God. Did you know when you got born again, your, your whole position changed in life? Did you know that? Let me show it to you. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 says this, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. He's talking about where we were before we gave our life to Christ. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. Catch this. But God, who is rich in mercy... Because of his great love with which he loved us. We just sang Jesus loves the little children. Even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Now catch verse 6. And raised us up together and made us sit together. Here's this biggest little word in the Bible. In the heavenly places. Here it is again. In Christ. Everyone say in Christ. What a joy to know that when you give your life to Christ, your whole position in life changes. You go from being dead to alive. Somebody say amen. You go from being under the control and influence of the satanic powers of darkness to the, to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Somebody say amen. That happens when you give your life to Christ. It's based upon what he has done for you. And understand something about the family. What we've got to understand, if we're going to overcome, if we're going to stand strong in the middle of the, of the, of the shaking that is going on in our land, that is endeavoring to undermine the foundations of our family, we've got to embrace who we are and where we've been seated with, uh, at in heavenly places. You see, you talk to somebody, how's it going? What are you doing? Well, I, uh, man, uh, it's not well, you know, man. Under the circumstances. Well, what are you doing there? Because positionally, I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. I'm not depressed because I'm in Christ. I'm not sad because I'm in Christ. I'm not defeated because I'm in Christ. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's my position in him. And here's what you need to understand about your family. When you understand your position in Christ, it'll affect and begin to change your condition. How many of you, some areas of your family, the condition needs to change? Well, it's never going to change until we understand our position. We're king's kids. Everybody smile and tell somebody, I'm a king's kid. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above all principality and power. Hey, I'm above and not beneath. I'm the head, not the tail. Come on now. Somebody say amen. And so you, we've got to embrace that. Mom and daddy, we've got to embrace that. And we've got to teach it to our children. This is who we are in Christ. God has seated us in heavenly places. This is who we are. We're not defeated. The devil has no authority over us. We came out of darkness into the marvelous light. We used to be a part of the prince of the power of the air. But God, who was rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, he made us alive. Woo, we got a brand new life. I have been born again into the family of God. Amen. Everybody smile and say amen. So we've got to embrace who we are in Christ. 
That's our position. The second thing about that is what we need to understand. There's some practical things, some uh, practical things that go along with our new position in Christ. Here it is what we need to understand. It's what we do in response to what he has done. The practical things. Now, I knew some of you have been wondering why I didn't go to this verse first. But Matthew chapter 7, look at it. Turn over there. Let me hear those pages turning. Matthew 7, Jesus said this about how we build our families. Turn over there. Let me show it to you. He talks about the importance of building our families upon the rock. If you're there, say, I'm there. Here we go. Verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, catch this, and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Now, let me just pause. Who is the rock? Amen. What's the name of this church? Church on the rock. It ought to be family on the rock. Your family's got to be established on the rock. He said, you'll be a wise man if you build your house. Now, that's a family term. It's talking about your family. A wise man builds his family on the rock. And who? And what's that firm foundation? Those who hear the words of Jesus and then do them. That's why I I affirmed what Laura was saying. Get your kids here on Wednesday night. They'll learn the word of God. They'll learn the truths of God's word. They'll build their lives. They'll learn the foundations of the word of God. They'll underscore and and strengthen all the things that you want your children to know. Uh, Hey, it's so important. He goes on to say, and the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall. Somebody say amen. For it was founded upon the rock. But he goes on to say, this is what Jesus said, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Why? Because it was not built upon the foundations of the word of God. You know what Jesus said in John 8, 31 and 32? He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. He's talking about abiding in the word. He said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. You see, it's not the truth that set you free. Oprah is incorrect. You ever heard her say that? Well, you know, the truth will set you free. No, the truth doesn't set you free. It's the truth you know. Somebody say, it's the truth you know. And, and, I, and I'm a, an old man and only have a few illustrations. It'd be like this. You just put the Bible on your head. It's the truth, right? And say, well, I'm free. No, you just look funny with the Bible on your head. It's when the word of God gets in your heart and when it gets into your kids and they begin to realize this is, hey, thy word is truth and it is life. And that's the practical side of getting our family fixed in Christ. You get the word of God, lay a strong foundation of the word of God in their heart. Yeah, it's cool to play t-ball. Yeah, it's cool to do all these fun things as a family. But OMG, if they don't have the word of God in their heart, they're, they, hey, they can hit the ball well, but their spiritual life and the core of their life is in serious trouble. You getting it? I'm telling you the truth. It's the priority of life. And so, hey, practically, listen carefully. The word of God has got to be priority in their life. It's those, and listen, can I tell you, storms, they are a coming. 
Storms are all about us. The onslaught of resistance and attack against the family is in full force. Gale force, hurricane force winds are beating against the foundations of our families. Listen to me today. Without the foundation of the word of God in their hearts, your children will be in serious trouble. They already are. But my Bible tells me that if we build our families on what the Bible says and not just uh, learning how to quote scripture, but obey the scripture and be a role model and example. We're going to talk about that Wednesday night because Wednesday night we're going to talk about these practical things we can do as husbands and wives and mamas and daddies to help walk this thing through and begin to be a role model to our children when it comes to the Word of God in their life. And so, hey, listen, we've got to fix our family. They've got to, it's got to be fixed in Christ. Everyone say in Christ. So hugely important in our life and in our children's life. And number two, the family foundation is going to remain secure. Jesus Christ in our life. We've not only got to be fixed in Christ, but we've got to be fixed in covenant. Everyone say in covenant. How many of you know the marriage is a covenant? I said, how many of you know the marriage is a covenant? It's to be, according to scripture, a lifelong contract and agreement together. And how many of you know God is a covenant keeping God? God makes covenant and he expects us to be covenant keepers. The problem in America and around the world is we've got a, we've got a whole world of covenant breakers who say something and do something. They say one thing and do another. And if the truth were known, all of us have a little covenant breaker on the inside of us. We identified him last week called pride. He's the, he's the monster Leviathan in Job 42 or 41 that we've got to dethrone him out of our life. But our, our society is filled with covenant breakers. How many of you don't like a covenant breaker? God doesn't like a covenant breaker either. But understand something about marriage. Understand something about family. It is a covenant. Now, let me just throw you out a statistic. Historically, it has been primarily men, percentage-wise, who were covenant breakers and unfaithful to their spouse. In fact, the statistics are somewhere around 25% of all men will break the covenant of marriage and be unfaithful to their wife. Those rascals. But ladies, understand something. The statistics on you are getting higher every day. It's nearly 20% of women who, will, for whatever reason or another, we're not here to indict anyone, will break the marriage covenant and be unfaithful to their spouse. That's why we've got a divorce rate, by and large, of over 50% is because of covenant breaking. And if our family is going to be secure, We've got to get this thing of covenant straightened out. What's the, what's, what's the commandment say? Does anybody know? Anybody remember? I think it's the seventh commandment. You shall not what? Commit adultery. You shall not be a covenant breaker. It's the command of God. And you know what? We live in a cultural, 
culture that almost just thinks, well, that's just the way it is. That's just how I grew up. I grew up in a family of, we don't call it covenant breakers. Uh, you know, we don't, uh, we don't understand covenant, but understand something. If you and I and our families are going to stay fixed and secure through the storms of life, we've got to be fixed in Christ and we've got to be fixed in our covenant with God and with our family. Amen. And let me just throw this out. Nobody, I don't think, I mean, unless you're just totally depraved, wake up one morning and say to yourself, I think I'm going to go commit adultery today. It's time for me to just go wild and sow my wild oats for just, that normally doesn't happen. How many of you know the devil sets us up for the kill? That's why Job said this. Job said this, let me see. And Job, let me throw the verse out. Job 31, Matthew 5, Jesus talks about the importance of covenant in the marriage. How many of you know uh, uh, God's a covenant keeper? Job 31, you know what Job said? I'm making a covenant with my eyes. Because Matthew 5 says, hey, you, it doesn't begin by the act. It begins by the what, what you look at and what you, what you think on. If you look at a woman and you, and you, in your mind, you are adulterous with her in your mind, you've committed adultery already in where? In your heart. And Job said, you know what? I got to fix that. I got to cut it off at the root. I'm making a covenant with my eyes. And then he says, I'm not going to look at a young woman and lust after her. I'm just not going to do it because that's where it all begins. It doesn't begin one day you wake up and say, I think I'll go be unfaithful to my spouse. No, it begins on the inside and the secret areas of our life where a glimpse here and a glance there. And it begins to build within us and the enemy gets us and we never, and things we said we would never do, we do because we didn't guard our hearts. Are you with me? Jim, it's really quiet in here today. You know, when I do marriage counseling and I, you know, I, I tell, I give a, a, some resources. One of, one of the resources I give, I, I, I tell them, go get is a book called His Needs, Her Needs. And the, and the underline of it, how to affair proof your marriage. And then that scares them. Well, we're not going to have an affair. Nobody says that when they get married. Nobody says when they give their vows, they're not, they're not when they say, hey, I'm, I'm with you and I'm, I'm forever. Nobody thinks they're going to make that terrible mistake. But listen, we've got to affair proof our marriages. And we've got to begin to establish the covenant of God and not be covenant breakers. In fact, oh, there's so much here I would love to say, but I'm going to move on. Second Peter chapter two, you can write that down and look it up later. It, it basically says we live in a world of covenant breakers. And so the reality is we've got to get it fixed in our covenant. Amen. And it begins right here. It begins right here. Amen. Let me stop and say this. I'm just going to throw this out. Some of you here are entertaining. Breaking your covenant. God put it on my heart to tell you, do not even think about it. It will hurt you and not bless you. It will curse you. Your family will suffer. And the kids are the biggest beneficiaries of our stupidity. Pardon me. 
I just got to call it what it is. Are y'all okay with me talking to you like that? Listen, it's not right. It's not okay. It's devastating. And my wife might get on to me. It's just flat out stupid. I'm just telling you. You don't deserve it. It's a setup. So we've got to guard our hearts and guard our families. Some of the things, and this is just some of the exercises I would take as a young man when my kids were growing up. I'd look at my kids and I could picture myself having to explain to my kids how stupid I was. Now, listen. If you're here today and you've made some mistakes in your past, I'm not here rubbing your nose in it. I'm here trying to help others to keep from making some of the same mistakes that others have made. And so I'd look at my kids and I'd just say, I could never picture having to explain to my kids the stupidity of my life. So our kids deserve better. Everybody say, amen. We've got to be fixed in Christ. We've got to be fixed in covenant. If we're going to weather these storms and come out strong as a family, number three, and we'll close, we've got to be fixed in church. Everyone say fixed in church. See, God gave us a methodology to help us. It's called the church. The church is here to help us and strengthen us, encourage us, and help our families. I promise you that. And, and you know what? And in fact, that's why the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 25, don't forsake the assembling together as the manner of some is. Don't forsake this. This is completely God's idea and God's plan to help us keep our family strong in God. And in fact, the Bible says we've got to be connected. Everyone say connected. There's so much about being connected to God and to his church. And so uh, it's, it's important to stay connected. In the, the last two months, January and February, we talked about coming together in a visible, viable, uh, personal relationship, not only with God, but with the church family. We've got to get connected with family. Some people say, well, preacher, I'm a member of the family of God universal. Yeah, but you need a local church. The local church is God's idea to help you. In fact, uh, we get Get connected. We've got to get committed. Everyone say committed. Oh, I'm telling you, let me just tell you one thing I know. I've been doing this a while. There is a, there is an attack against the family that is causing the commitment level to the local church to, to be watered down to the point of just optional. And if the schedule gets busy, the first thing that goes is the connection and the commitment to church. Now, when you understand that God gave you the church to help keep your family founded and is secure in a right place, it ought to change the way you prioritize your life. And our commitment as a church family is to not play games and eat cookies. In fact, you know, one of my things I've been talking to the nursery workers about, and, and this, this may be old man in me, we give them a little juice and a little cracker in, in the air. And you know what a lot of what we do has become? They want their juice and their cracker. And about 30 minutes, uh, 20 minutes of our time is spent giving the poor baby a cracker and a, and a, and a little juice because Lord have mercy, their parents don't take good care of them or something. I told Beverly, I said, get rid of the cracker. 
she may she's getting real tight right there because they need a cracker. <laughs> Parents, give your kids a cracker before they get in the door. So we can give them more of the word of God. Come on now. So we can teach them the Bible and they can grow and, and we, and, and parents go, man, I'm committed because, hey, it's not all about crackers and cookies and fun things. It's about getting our kids focused on what the Bible says. Amen. So we've got to realize our commitment. Oh, and we live in a committed world, right? How many of you are committed to your job? Come on. How many of you committed to this, committed to this, committed to that? You know, we've got some guys pumping iron. They're committed. They, they probably pumped iron this morning before they came to church. I think that's a little overboard. I thought they should just pray a little bit. I, there's a, a commitment. But they made it to church. That's awesome, man. I, I, we all know how about commitment. But listen, the local church, you've got to get that fixed and realize, whoo, if I'm not fixed, if my family's not fixed in church, I'm in trouble. Got to be connected, committed. And guess what? Here's something you and I need to understand if we do. Our families will be completed. There's something and there are things in your kid's life and in your family's life and in your life that you will never get without a viable, visible commitment and connection and relationship to the local church. Because the Bible says we all come together in Ephesians and, and when we all supply, it causes the church to grow. And remember what Jesus said about the church and pardon me, what Peter said about the church and well, they all said something about the church, but where I'm going is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12 when he said the church is a body, and we are members of the body. And how many of you know if you're just a member of the body, without the body, you'll never be completed? Are you with me? And so the family foundation, we've got to be fixed in Christ. Everyone say, in Christ. We've got to understand our new position but then we got to put some practical words to that position and, be, and get our families built on the Word of God and the, and the foundations of God's Word in their life. we got to be fixed in covenant with one another and break the cycle of covenant breaking in our family. And if I were to get you to raise your hand today and say, how many of you in your immediate family, there's divorce? Nearly everyone in here would raise their hand. So you're not alone. Listen, this is a common occurrence, but it doesn't make it right. And so we've got to get fixed in covenant and fixed in church and put our families on the right foundation so they can begin to grow and prosper. Amen. Laura and Josh are back with the kids. Nathan has done a couple of services in Dallas today. He did one service in church last night. He did two or three this morning. He's serving the Lord in church. Stacy D is right there. I'm telling you, our kids are, our grandkids are in church. It works. Don't let this last one slipped through your fingers. Jesus gave us something to fit into and connect with to ensure that our families are healthy and blessed and become world changers in the earth. Let's stand together.